stress is one of those things where we often don't feel in control of the situation. But now we want to be in control and calmer. So the question then becomes, well, how do I get that emotion without turning to food? And you can generate emotions. We're, we have this idea that emotions fall from the sky and they don't fall from the sky. Yeah. Um, so we can generate emotions and we can be more intentional in which emotions we feel. Hey there, I'm Ani Michalski, wellness coach, therapist, and mom to half a dozen amazing kiddos. This podcast is for moms who desperately need a break but refuse to take one. You know who you are. You have a jam-packed schedule and you're so busy doing everything for everyone else, you don't leave any time for you. What's up with that? Well, no more. Take off your superwoman cape and learn how to put yourself on your to-do list. This is the Moms Without Capes podcast. Hey, did you know that there's a Facebook group filled with Moms Without Capes? Women who are learning that it's safe to take off the superwoman cape and take care of themselves? There sure is, and we'd love to have you in the group. Moms Without Capes is a free community for moms who feel overwhelmed, stressed out, and exhausted from trying to do it all. Come discover who you are under that cape and give yourself permission to show yourself some love. Search Moms Without Capes when you're in Facebook or follow the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. See you there. We have here today on the Moms Without Capes podcast, Dr. Orlina Carrick. Welcome to the show, Orlina. Thank you so much for having me. So Dr. Orlina is a pediatric doctor turned health coach who specializes in teaching women how to lead their most healthy life in an enjoyable way. She helps women feel amazing, extend their life, and ensure that their children are living a healthy lifestyle. Today, Dr. Orlina will be sharing with us about emotional eating and how we can stop it and instead eat in a healthier way. So let's just dive in. And why don't we start with you sharing with us your journey and how you got to be where you are today? Fabulous. Well, first of all, excuse me, because I have a slight hoarse throat. So I feel like I sound a little bit croaky. I don't normally sound like this. Um, okay, I'll give you the short version. I trained in the UK. And in 2011, we moved to Spain um, for lifestyle style reasons. But I did basically think that I was going to come here and work as a doctor. Long story short, that did not happen. And I started in those scare quotes that nobody can see doing stuff online. And I had no idea about anything at all. Like, you know, what's a blog? What sort of this? Oh, my goodness. I like nothing. basically. Um, but I did do quite a lot of work on helping people to teach their children healthy eating because I had picky eaters and I was a bit like, what do you mean you're not eating these vegetables? Like the vegetables are the bits that are good for you. And, um, you know, in order to help my children, I researched a lot and realized that I wasn't the only person who was in that situation. And then I pivoted and for various reasons, partly because I realized that it was a little bit close to home for me in that my children are still growing up and it was still a little bit like, oh my goodness, I still have issues, not issues, but you know, those thoughts that everybody has about, I want my children to eat this way and they don't. But also <laughs> I realized that a lot of problems that people have, that they want their children to eat healthily. And really a lot of the problem is they aren't eating healthily. And it was like, okay, we need to go back to the drawing board here. You can't teach your children to eat healthily if you're not eating healthily. And so that was really sort of came out of that was, okay, 
well, actually, what do I do? I definitely look after myself. I do now. I didn't when I was in the trenches with four young kids. But as my self-care journey evolved, I realized as well that I wasn't the only person who didn't look after myself, who felt swamped by motherhood, who felt that my identity had been lost and that I wasn't the only person who wasn't really looking after myself. And that I suspect the vast majority of mothers don't find time. They don't prioritize themselves. And that with a few tweaks, it's actually easy to lead a healthy life, to lose weight, if that's an issue, to increase your energy levels, and most importantly, in my mind, to live a long and healthy and fulfilling life. Absolutely. That was the short version. You don't want to know the long yeah. version. No, <laughs> no that, that's a great. I love that. So, so how old are your children now, Melita? They're, um, are they the adults? oldest is... 14, 12, and I've got twins who are 10. So they're all very, very close oh, together. Okay. And, okay. and we've got teenageness now. And oh my goodness, I yeah. sometimes look at my child. And I'm like, have you had a lobotomy? Like, what is going on? Where is my, okay, he's always been, he's never been like the most cuddly of children. He's like, some of my children just love cuddles and that is not him. But it's sometimes I just look at him and think, are you the same child that I had 10 years ago? <laughs> that you could cuddle with, yeah. I did, did I know that you had twins? I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I, we have twins too. Oh, how our, are you? Our twins are 16. Oh, wow. <laughs> are, now, do you have all boys or girls? Or I have three girls and, sorry, three boys and a girl. Okay. Okay. So we were talking about sleep on my podcast. You need yes. to come and talk to the, listen to the podcast on sleep that you have just done. But, you know, children and sleep is obviously a big issue. And I had one child who was a dream sleeper but unfortunately her twin was not a dream sleeper so I never <laughs> had this experience of put your baby to bed and have a nice night's sleep it was like put your baby to bed you'll be up in about two hours right right yeah it's, it's weird how every kid is different <laughs> including their sleep patterns so so let's dive into emotional eating because that's you know that's what we wanted to talk about today and let's start by defining that and what is emotional eating? Well, that is a really, really good question. And I am a little bit hard-nosed on this because I have a very, I mean, I guess there's a, what you consider to be emotional eating and what you don't. So I think the first question to ask is, what is the function of eating? Why do we eat? And the answer to that question is, we eat to nourish our bodies, to make sure our bodies have the nutrients that we need to survive, to continue. Now, Beyond that, it's what I call emotional eating, because beyond that, you are essentially eating for something that isn't nourishing your body. And that essentially is an emotion to feel good, to enjoy the food. And it could be habit. It could be, but I've just got into this habit of emotional eating, of eating a little bit too much. Now, mine is a very strict um, definition of emotional eating. But I don't say that all emotional eating is bad. I don't say, oh, you should never emotionally eat. What I say is it is normal to emotionally eat. And it's part of human nature to emotionally eat. That part of nature and society is that we come together, we celebrate being alive, we celebrate life by eating. And that is perfectly normal. The question really to ask is, when is emotional eating a problem? And the answer to that question is, well, when you're seeing negative consequences of emotional eating, which is essentially when you're either put, I think the two big things are you've either put on weight and you know that you've put on weight because of emotional eating. And the other big issue I see is like food basically hijacks my brain. 
And I find myself thinking about food and normally it's a specific food and I don't want to think about food. I want to be doing other things. How do I get rid of this thought in my brain? So those are the two big issues that I see. I think it's really interesting that, that you define, because, uh, uh, you know, about celebrating, like that is an emotion, like you're excited, you're happy, right? And you're eating just to celebrate, right? And so I guess I always think of the problematic emotional eating rather than that being emotional eating. But when you just described it that way, I was like, yeah, you are. Because we always in our family, like we joke slash not joke about stop eating your emotions. Like, because we'll just catch ourselves like, you know, I'll catch myself or like, I'll see a kid like be angry and like be like eaten, you know, and it comes out like just the way they're shoveling. And I'm like, dude, stop eating your emotions. <laughs> like, like we use it as just like almost like a joke, like relax. Like you don't need to eat at like when you're bored or when you're angry, like those are the emotional eating that comes to my mind when I think of the term emotional eating is like that problematic eating. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think there is awareness as well. So, you know, we in America, you've just had Thanksgiving as we record this. And a lot of my clients you know, I'm talking to them about, okay, so how are you going to manage Thanksgiving? And one big message I have for them is, and you know, we've got Christmas coming up. It's not really about the food. Yes, we all love the food. The food is amazing. It's a really good excuse to eat lots of delicious food that we don't eat over the rest of the year. But really the celebration is about being with your family and spending time with your family. And that is the enjoyment. And you can shift your enjoyment from, hey, I'm here celebrating the fact that I have so many amazing people, even if they really annoy you, um, but they're here right now to, okay, it's all about the food. Right. So just shifting that focus from the food to the people. Yeah. yeah. To, to, the, to the real reason why you're there, yes. celebrating one another, not celebrating the food. Yeah. Cause it's yes. easy to do, especially Thanksgiving, like the feast the Thanksgiving feast, right? Like the entire day revolves around the dinner. <laughs> and like, and so taking that off and being like, well, what else can we do? Like, you know, so that to bring that focus off of the, the, the table. Yes, exactly. For sure. So what are, you know, how do emotions play? Like, is there a time where we eat and it, and it's connected with our emotions and it's okay? Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it is. I think it doesn't matter. If you, if you go back to my, like, when is, when is it a problem? It's a problem when it starts becoming a problem, when you decide it's a problem. So okay. it's perfectly normal. Like I know I emotionally eat. I work in the morning. I get a little bit bored. I work by myself in this lovely little office and I get a little bit bored and I find myself going and having a snack. Now that's fine because that's my snack. I don't need to lose weight. And so if I think about the food that I eat in 24 hours, it's quite static. It doesn't change very much. And that's part of the food that I eat in 24 hours. So it's not a problem for me. It's not like, oh my goodness, I get bored. I go and have a snack. It's taking over my brain. No, it's just part of my routine and it's perfectly okay. fine. So it doesn't really matter. It's only a problem when it's so it's frustrating for you. Yeah. That you are like, no, I need to change this because it has hijacked my brain or because you're getting negative um, consequences because of it. And, you know, as I talk about the solution, you will see that the negative consequences of it, really the solution to it is essentially healthy eating. So it does depend on what you're emotionally eating. So for example, I jokingly say to my clients, 
You can emotionally eat as many carrot sticks as you want. Feel free. But that isn't <laughs> what people do. They emotionally eat chocolate oh, and, candy yeah. and all of those things which are not healthy foods. And that's another big problem, I think. It's not just, oh, yeah, okay, I'm a little bit bored. I'm going to go and eat a carrot stick. Right. That's what I do. Right. But, well, that's funny because it's it's more convenient foods that you would actually go and emotionally eat rather than like, but say just using that carrot stick example, like putting that in the refrigerator, like having them cut up, like yeah. you know, all ready to go. Like that could yeah. become your emotional, like out of boredom, you go and reach for that. Exactly. Like, exactly. You go and open my fridge and you will find fruit. If you're hungry in my house, you will be like, I hope you like fruit because there's not much else here. <laughs> It's like one of my kids, we're so hungry. There's no food here. And I'm like, there is food. It's just not the food that you want to be eating. <laughs> well, that's an interesting question because my kids say the same and they say, I'm only hungry for chocolate. And I'm like, there is no such thing as only hungry for yeah. chocolate. If you're really hungry. This is what I call the celery test. Like, are you hungry or is it a craving? Well, will you eat celery? You have to like celery. It has to be something that you'll like. So mm. pick a carrot stick. If you're hungry, you will go and eat a carrot stick or an apple or to something get that else. Nourishment, yeah. So if they're saying to you, oh, I'm hungry and there's nothing to eat. Well, they could be very, very picky children. Mm. If they're not very picky children, they're not actually that hungry. They're just bored. Yeah, I've said that before. Well, then you must not be hungry. After I gave the whole list of like healthier options, you must not be hungry then because exactly. one exactly. of those would sound good. And so there you go. That's boredom eating. That's an emotional eating. That's mm. eating not for nourishing your body. We know that there is power in building strong habits in your life, but sometimes making them stick can be the tricky part. Habits are at the core of creating a life where you feel fulfilled and able to be your best self. Learn how to transform your health, your life, and yourself by downloading my free guide, Building Strong Habits. The link to grab your guide is in the show notes of today's episode. So let's dive into the solution. What do you do when you're, you're in that habit or you're continually finding yourself emotionally eating? Yeah, well, I think the first step really is to become aware of what's going on. And so I think often people aren't aware. I was talking to somebody yesterday and she was saying, oh my goodness, I had a stressful phone call. I found, you know, I realized I'd suddenly eaten a slice of cake. And it happens in such an instant that you aren't aware of what is going on. So the first step really is to think, okay, I'm going to spend a bit of time looking and seeing what's going on. I'm going to be curious about what, what's going on as opposed to beating myself up. And then you want to basically identify what is the negative emotion that you are running from. And it's different for different people. So it might be stress, it might be boredom in my case, it might be um, anxiety or a feeling of like not feeling worthiness. And then have a think about what the positive emotion is that you are getting from food. So you can ask yourself, well, how do I feel when I eat that food? And part of what's going on when you eat that food is your emotions are changing. Part of it is a sugar rush because chances are you're eating sugar. And part of it is a dopamine hit as well. So all of that is kind of combined in that positive emotion. But once you've got your negative emotion and your positive emotion, you want to have a look at your life and you want to be thinking, okay, so how do I decrease this negative emotion? Which like, let's take stress for an example. Mm -hmm. How do I decrease stress in my life? Because it's much better if you can get rid of the stress or reduce the stress to a manageable level than to be constantly triggering yourself with this stress 
and putting yourself in a situation of going, I'm stressed, but I'm not going to eat. I'm going to do something else. Like you can do that a bit, but it's not an easy way to manage it. The easiest way is to get stress out of the door. And, you know, that looks like different things for different people. Now, the other question to ask yourself is, okay, this is the positive emotion I get. So if it's stress, chances are it's going to be something sort of at the other end of the spectrum. So relieved, you're going to feel relieved, (laughs) in control. I think stress is one of those things where we often don't feel in control of the situation. Mm -hmm. Now we want to be in control and calmer. So the question then becomes, well, how do I get that emotion without turning to food? And you can generate emotions. We're we have this idea that emotions fall from the sky and they don't fall from the sky. Um, So we can generate emotions and we can be more intentional in which emotions we feel. We can't always say, yeah, I'm going to pick my emotions. I don't think emotions happen like that, even when you're very self-aware. But what we want to do is what I say is not spiral down the negative plug hole, feel the emotion and, and move on and have tools to help you do that. Right. And that's essentially, you know, the sort of pattern of what you do. Now, the question is, well, how do you do that? How do you actually, like, it's easy to talk about it and say, hey, we do this and we do this. Hey, you just choose a different emotion, a more positive one. How do you get to that? <laughs> but so that's, I'm good. No more emotional eating for me. <laughs> yeah, I just pick happiness the whole time. Oh, super simple. But like life just doesn't happen like that. As you know, everybody knows. It's not how life happens. But really, there's... What happens in the moment? So you need your what I call emergency tools, which is this this thing is happening and I've got tools to manage what is happening. But really what you want to do, the real answer to your question, which I could have just skipped all of that bit. And so the answer to your question is this. You want to create healthy habits in four pillars. So these are the, ha- the pillars that I teach people in order to lead a healthy life. Now, the first one is healthy, delicious foods. Now, why is this one important? Well, this one is really important because... If your food is sugar-based, and I have never met anybody who emotionally eats anything that doesn't include flour or sugar, I've never met anybody who emotionally ate carrot sticks, for example, (laughs) other than myself. Um, If it's sugar and you're eating lots of refined sugar, so say, for example, your thing is that you constantly eat chocolate, then you decide to cut out chocolate. I'm never going to eat chocolate. Okay, fine. What I am going to eat is candy and cakes and cookies well it's kind of like poking yourself in the face and saying it's not chocolate it's not chocolate you're going to get the same reaction so the solution is to eat healthily and take that sugar out of the equation because the less sugar you eat the less you crave it essentially um so that's pillar number one pillar number two is exercise now we talked about emotions stress being one of them how do you reduce stress well exercise is a really good way of reducing stress so and it's also a really good way of losing weight and being healthy and fit so that's my pillar number two now you will love my pillar number three because pillar number three is sleep delicious healthy sleep i call it if you're tired you're more likely to eat you feel hungrier and you know that's another trigger like if you're constantly feeling hungry and you're prone to emotional eating, you're far more likely to emotionally eat. And then pillar number four is emotional wellness and reducing stress. So like this is basically pillar number four. So you need to put in pillars in, you need to put in healthy habits in all of those pillars 
And once you've done that, you will find that you don't emotionally eat. It's just disappeared. It doesn't disappear instantly. It comes in waves. It goes like this. But it's very, you can get to, yeah, it's it's just not an issue for me anymore. Like when I talk to my clients, it was Halloween recently, and I say to them, oh, how was Halloween, by the way? And they're like, oh, I totally forgot it was Halloween. It wasn't a big deal. As opposed to previously, oh, my goodness, how do I plan not to eat all the Halloween candy? Right. Oh, or a cup, we have this thing called a cupcake test and it goes like this. Um, you know, if I offer you a cupcake or I was in a room and there were cupcakes and I said no, because I genuinely didn't want the cake as opposed to through gritted teeth and going, oh my goodness, I know I mustn't eat the cupcake. Please don't offer me the cupcake. That's that's not passing the cupcake test. The right. cupcake test is like, no, do you know what? I can take it or leave it. It's not a big deal. Right. I like that, the cupcakes. <laughs> cupcake test. <laughs> So are you saying that if you if you are saying it through gritted teeth, like then you're more prone to emotional eating, like that it's probably you're likely struggling. Yeah, if you're saying if eating. you're saying it through gritted teeth, you haven't totally you haven't finished with emotional eating. You haven't resolved that, it. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't resolved it. So you're then if you if you're saying no through gritted teeth, what you're really doing is using discipline to stop yourself from like you've made this decision, okay, I'm not going to eat cupcakes, I'm not going to eat anything sugar. So when I go into this situation, I'm going to say no, but it's going to be difficult because what I really want to do is say yes. As opposed to the next step along is I go in and I genuinely am indifferent to this food. It doesn't have this hold over me anymore. And I may say yes, because I don't know, it's someone's birthday and I decide that I'm going to have a bit of cake and I have the cake and I don't feel guilty after it and I enjoy eating it. Or I choose not to eat the cake and that's perfectly fine too. And I enjoy myself and I have a good time. I don't regret not eating the cake. In fact, actually, most people get to this stage where they're like, I felt so much better not eating the cake. Yeah. It was much easier and I enjoyed myself. And it was this good feeling that I had. And it, you can substitute cake or whatever, whatever the thing is. Sure. Okay. So, I mean... Like anything, it starts with that awareness piece, identifying what are the emotions, what is what what is it, what emotion are you escaping from or that you're eating because of, and then what emotion do you want to feel? And then the ticket to being able to bring more of that that positive emotion without the food is to go yeah. through your is is those four pillars that you just yes. mentioned, the making sure that you're eating healthy, nutritious food or delicious food. I noticed that you said delicious because it's got to taste good. <laughs> making sure you're moving your body, getting the sleep you need and managing the stress in your life. Yeah, exactly. Okay. How do we, um, you know, Moms Without Capes are all about, you know, helping moms prioritize itself, but I couldn't let you go today without asking you about how do we prevent our kids from emotionally eating and when we do notice because I said even in our house like I notice my kids yeah. when they're eating their it's a, really good question. it's a really good question and I think there's two things I would say number one do not do emotional eating yourself and it doesn't matter if you do it in front of your children or secretly they will know like the thing is what you want them to do is have a good relationship with food which means eating when you're hungry and eating food to nourish yourself and occasionally having a treat but not all the time and, you know, people often sort of say, well, you know, I eat ice cream when they've gone to bed, so they're not going to know. And it's like, well, what? So they see you eating healthily and then you're overweight. How is that setting up a good relationship with food? Like the kids just know what's going on. They aren't, you, they're not going to buy into this. Like, <laughs> oh, 
a piece of cabbage every day and yet she's overweight they, they they will figure it out so that's one big thing is that it comes back to this look to yourself to mm -hmm. demonstrate healthy foods and then the other really big piece as well that I would caution people against is making the attachment with behavior and food so for example I know that I have been guilty of this before I realized what I was doing but you know you've got a young child in a car seat um, who doesn't want to be strapped in and, you know, arms and legs everywhere. Oh, I'm just going to hand you what I would call a biscuit. You would call it a cookie. Oh, I'm just going to hand it to you at this particular time. And now suddenly they're totally focused on the biscuit and so easy to strap in. Well, that is modifying their behavior with food. That is me saying, hey, eat this biscuit, this cookie, and it's much easier for me to strap it, strap you in. So don't reward your children with food. Don't punish your children with without food. So, you know, oh, you have to behave nicely. Otherwise, you don't get dessert. There's either dessert or there's not dessert. There's no like, oh, you haven't behaved well. You're not having dessert. Because that sets up that relationship between behavior and food. Sure. Okay. Yeah, it just came to mind, like the disordered eating, like, you know, eating disorders and, you know, the we're cautioned about that, about rewarding, using food as a reward or as a punishment. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you want to get into eating disorders as well, I think, you know, the profile of eating disorders, and this isn't really my area of expertise, but like really pushing your child hard to achieve things, but also being emotionally distant. And that isn't a good recipe if you want to avoid a child having eating disorders. So what does that mean? It means, well, be emotionally there and show them your emotions and show them how to manage emotions and that life can be a little bit messy at times but that's okay we make apologies we show them that we're getting back on track that's far more realistic than you know being very very distant right today's episode is sponsored by the super mom detox an incredible coaching program designed to help moms take off their super mom cape and feel comfortable in their own skin have you felt like you've lost yourself since becoming a mom because you got caught up in the idea that you have to take care of everyone and everything else and sacrifice who you are to be the kind of mom you want to be? The Supermom Detox will guide you in rediscovering who you are and getting yourself off the back burner and onto solid ground. This amazing program will teach you how to let go of perfectionism, people-pleasing, unrealistic expectations, unhealthy boundaries, and negative thought patterns that are keeping you stuck. Motherhood can be so much more enjoyable when you learn to take care of yourself the way you deserve. Stop feeling guilty or bad about making time for yourself. You are so worthy of taking up space. Find out more about the Supermoms Detox by clicking the link in today's show notes and signing up for a call with me. If nothing else, you'll get clear on what's keeping you on the back burner. And I want to ask you about how you practice self-care. What do you do to restore yourself and recharge yourself and feel your best? My, I swim in the sea. I love swimming the sea. So I live near the Mediterranean and um, I cycle to the sea. If it's the summer, it's the winter now. And I didn't go swimming today because I go with a, a friend and she couldn't go today, which was very sad. Um, but so swimming is my number one thing but if I can't do swimming then I would say movement and exercise really just lights me up 
And like in different levels, I do think you do have to find the exercise that lights you up. So yeah. swimming totally lights me up. Mm-hmm. Other exercises light me up a little bit, not quite so much. Um, but that's fine. I find that I say in the winter here, it's difficult to go swimming because it's cold and it's a little bit do of a you challenge. You swim in the sea? Like do you yeah, swim? I do. <laughs> I put a wetsuit on, it's cold. I come out with blue arms, with blue hands. Yes. <laughs> I know. It's, <laughs> so it is difficult to do that. But I tell you what is more difficult is to not swim in the sea. So it's mm. even more of a challenge for me you to choose not choose your heart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Choose your heart. I'm going to go swimming. <laughs> I enjoy swimming too, but we I go to the Y. I go to I go to the YMCA, like the gym near here. It's so boring. I, it is boring. <laughs> I would much rather well, I like swimming pool. I live in Montana. It's a little landlocked. If I had an ocean to swim to and a good, I don't know if I'd be swimming until my lips turn blue, but I would definitely (laughs) opt for the ocean rather than a pool for sure. So what, um, what book can you recommend either on a a book that has impacted your life? Okay. So, so many, but if I had to pick one, the one that I'm, and the reason I'm picking this is because I'm rereading it. And I'm rereading it and realized that I read it a few years ago. And actually, it's made such an impact on my life. And it's small changes that you can make. And it's called Hardwiring Happiness by, I don't know if you've heard of it, Rick Hansen, who is, let me get this right, a neurophysiologist or neuropsychologist. I'm not quite sure exactly what his title is. But it's really about how our brain is negatively wired. How how does he say it? It's like Velcro for the negative and Teflon for the positive. And really just exercises in how we can retrain our brain, but small, short exercises in how we can retrain our brain to be more positive and to see the positive more and live. He describes it as living more in the green than in the red. And I'm sure you understand that analogy yeah. of we want yeah. to be calm and happy more than we want to be triggered and stressed. Absolutely. OK, so Orlina, where can people where can listeners find you? Oh, well, thank you for asking. Well, number one, I have a podcast with amazing guests um, called Fit and Fabulous at 40 and Beyond. Number two, I have a fabulous Facebook group, um, which is, you know, where all the action happens. And yeah. What is the name of your Facebook group? What is the name of my Facebook group? I was hoping you wouldn't ask because I've changed it. If you do the slash, it's Dr. Orlina, but the actual name changes. So it's Natural Weight Loss um, Energy revival and longevity I think for women but I have to confess I change it quite frequently because I'm always like hmm I want to change it a little bit I want to change it a little bit I'll grab the link from you afterwards <laughs> throw uh, it'll be in the show notes of today's episode <laughs> thank you I do workshops in there so for example I've got a workshop in there on emotional eating and we had a challenge on emotional eating where we dive a little bit deeper into this and really think about okay well, what's going on for you? Like, it's fine for me to talk about it, but what, what are your triggers? What's going on for you? So there's, you know, lots of workshops and replays in there. Okay, awesome. So I will put all of Dr. Orlina's ep- our info in today's episode show notes. So go check that out. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing with us your wisdom. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Moms Without Caves podcast. I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes, so send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you'd leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.